Welcome to the latest Guernsey Green Finance podcast, rated one of the top 10 most useful sustainable finance podcasts by Green Finance Guide. Guernsey is one of the jurisdictions leading the way in green and sustainable finance. And as part of this podcast series, we'll be speaking to and learning from some of the leading global figures in the field. My name is Rosie Alsop. I am Communications Director at We Are Guernsey. That's the promotional agency for Guernsey's finance industry. Today, I'm delighted to be speaking with Jenny Lee. She's the Under Secretary General at Hong Kong Green Finance Association. Welcome, Jenny. Rosie, thank you. Thank you for inviting me to this podcast. Oh, you're most welcome. Jenny, we've loved working together with the Hong Kong Green Finance Association through our connection as members of the United Nations Financial Centres for Sustainability, as well as on several of our webinars, including our recent Hong Kong Masterclass, which looked at fund structuring and financing sustainability. And I'm looking forward to learning more about Hong Kong's green initiatives during our conversation today. So um, I'd like to start off by introducing you to our listeners. Can you tell us how you ended up working in this area of sustainable finance and a little bit about your personal backstory and how you ended up in your present role? Sure. Um, Rosie, I think before we start, maybe if I could just give um, a little bit of background first of Hong Kong Green Finance Association, if you don't mind, um, just for those who are not familiar with us. Uh, we are an NGO and a platform that brings together public and private sector regulators, policymakers, and civil society to position Hong Kong as a leading green and sustainable international financial center. And we have over 150 institutional members who are aligned by industry over eight working groups. Um, in terms of your, your, the question, how I started my career, um, my journey really began many years ago. Um, I started my career in investment banking, uh, first with JP Morgan in London in equity derivatives. And I was transferred to Hong Kong and then Tokyo to build out the marketing and trading desk. After working in Tokyo for a year, I moved back to Hong Kong with Credit Suisse, integrating new products across fixed income and equities. You know, it was exciting times, there was lots of new market developments and products in the region. And there was an opportunity to work closely with business leaders, asset managers, investors on strategy implementation and on governance related matters. I was then approached by Goldman to build out the prime brokerage business, mobilizing capital from investors to asset managers, consulting on financing and business operating models. And I would say that during this time was when I really began my sustainability journey. As a working mum and an active member of the Women's Network and also a mentor for many of the young graduates, it made me appreciate the responsibility that we have to our future generations to live in a more sustainable way. So I left um, a successful career in finance after 18 years with a desire to make a positive impact within the community, both personally. So I took some postgraduate studies. I certified as a health coach, plant-based uh, nutritionist, qualified yoga therapy instructor, and a certificate in CFA ESG investing. And then I professionally at Hong Kong Green Finance Association, which I joined um, last year, and where I'm able to leverage my experience in finance as a tool to help drive green capital to businesses that are in the process of transforming their operating models to becoming more greener and sustainable. Well, thanks for that great introduction. Now, let's cast our minds back to November 2021 and COP26. 
during COP26, many countries laid out their ambitions for net zero. Jenny, can you tell me what Hong Kong's net zero goals are and what some of the key action plans are to deliver those goals? Sure. Um, Hong Kong has been on a decarbonisation journey for a number of years now, actually since the Paris Agreement in 2014. So, yeah, for Hong Kong, it's not a new, um, you know, pro, uh, new journey. So the Environmental Bureau has been working in close collaboration with the private sector, policymakers and regulators on developing and setting decarbonisation targets and strategies since 2014. Um, in the 2021 Hong Kong Policy Address, uh, just before COP26, um, the Chief Executive in Hong Kong announced Hong Kong's goal to be carbon neutral by 2050, setting aside 240 billion Hong Kong dollars uh, for climate mitigation and adaptation measures in the next 15 to 20 years. Um, in addition, around that same time, the, uh, the Climate Action Plan 2050 was updated and released, setting out the vision for Hong Kong's zero emissions, livable city sustainable development strategy. And within um, this plan, there were really three key items that um, stood out for me. The first being uh, reducing and improving building electricity consumption. 67% um, of the carbon emissions in Hong Kong come from electricity generation, of which 60% are consumed by buildings. So tackling this is, as a priority is critical. And the Environmental Bureau launched the 4T partnership, now called the Carbon Neutrality Partnership, where over 60 large organizations in Hong Kong have pledged to strengthen cooperation and coordination, set ambitious targets, transparency, and timeframe to reduce the overall electricity consumption. The second is on the regulatory front. The Hong Kong Cross-Agency Steering Group was launched in 2020, and it comprises of the Securities Financial Commission, Hong Kong Exchange, Hong Kong Monetary Authority, Insurance Authority, Mandatory Provident Fund, the Financial Services Treasury Bureau, and the Environmental Bureau to basically promote strategic direction in green and sustainable finance in Hong Kong. They then launched the Center for Green and Sustainable Finance in 2020 to really help the financial industry digest and adopt some of the new regulations and policies that are coming down the pipeline and you know, really utilizing the center to evaluate the financial industry needs. Um, and so with that, um, they have a focus in capacity building and data. And so HK, Hong Kong Green Finance Association is a member of the center and provides a collective voice uh, for its members. And thirdly, um, the government launched the Green Bond Program to promote the development of green finance, where the proceeds are used to finance government projects with environmental uh, benefits. Hong Kong has issued over $7 billion worth of green bonds uh, to date, and they can issue up to $200 billion Hong Kong dollars worth under this program. So there's been a strong um, global institutional, institutional investor interest in this, um, indicating, I think, confidence in Hong Kong's credit and economic fundamentals and ability to really um, harness current green and sustainable finance. So I would say that those are kind of like um, some of the you know, high level action points that Hong Kong is working on at the moment. OK, that's great to hear about all of those commitments and um, your understanding of the key challenges and the opportunities. So let's talk about how we can unite jurisdictions to combat climate change. I know that the uh, Hong Kong Green Finance Association held a Race to Zero webinar series for COP26, which looked at uniting uh, Asia. 
Can you tell me some of the highlights from that event? Sure. Um, on the run-up to COP26, um, Hong Kong Green Finance Association was an active participant of the uh, UN Environmental Programme COP26 uh, Financial Coalition Coordination Mechanism, the FCCM, um, and supported the COP26 presidency and the race to zero by mobilizing the action across the financial sector in Hong Kong to ensure an alignment of financial institutions and climate-related objectives at a global, regional, and country level. Like one of the highlights from this collaboration was the opportunity to work with the Mark Carney Special Envoy Portfolio Alignment Team and engaging cover our members um, in Hong Kong around the region on the latest developments in measuring climate targets and considerations for benchmarking their targets to a net zero pathway. In addition to working with uh, the portfolio alignment team, we also collaborated with the with PCAF, the Partnership for Carbon Accounting Financials, uh, which is gaining momentum in adoption in this region. And it was good to know that we're making a positive contribution by promoting these global standards uh, to help facilitate a lot of these economies transition to net zero. Absolutely. Now, one particularly exciting announcement on the finance specific day for COP26 was the introduction of a new International Sustainability Standards Board which will develop a comprehensive global baseline of high quality sustainability disclosure standards. Now, this is being discussed very widely in Europe. Jenny, are Hong Kong and Asia also looking to this board for the development of standards? And how important do you think standards are for driving change? There are currently over 200 sets of taxonomies in the world for reporting and assessing climate and sustainability risks. Uh, many are uncoordinated across jurisdictions. So I think it's really critical that we have standards that are global and consistent across jurisdictions in order to really mobilize green finance um, across countries and industries where it's most needed, um, particularly in developing markets, um, and also to prevent greenwashing so that um, there is a defined and understanding from an investor's perspective as to um, how industries are moving towards net zero. And also it's important because it will remove um, the frictional cost of um, cross-border uh, capital mobilization. Um, in Hong Kong, the cross-agency steering group supports um, the ISSB and the Securities Financial Commission plans to um, incorporate these standards in Hong Kong companies' audits and listing rules um, in the coming years. And yeah, this is particularly important for Hong Kong as it is the largest banking center in Asia where 78 out of the top world's 100 banks operate in Hong Kong. And it's also the region's, uh, region's leading bond center and it's leading in the discussions of common standards. So beyond the ISSB, Hong Kong is also assessing the adoption of the common ground taxonomy. Um, listed companies here will be aligned to the TCFD and under the fund management um, code of conduct, fund managers will now need to consider climate-related risks in the investment and risk management process. So I think mean, there's a lot of development um, in this space. Um, and I think Hong Kong is doing a great job in terms of how it leading the discussion here. That's really interesting. I totally agree with your point on consistency um, with regard to standards. So shortly after COP26, uh, Hong Kong's leader said that the government would be conducting a feasibility study into possibly developing a regional carbon trading centre. 
Can you tell me um, a bit about why this is important and also how it's progressing? In terms of the regional carbon markets, um, yeah, it's definitely one of those topics that um, is very exciting, um, yet very complicated. Uh, mainland China is committed to a carbon neutrality goal by 2060, and it's also the world's largest emitter of greenhouse gas emissions. And being dedicated to um, transitioning to a green low emission economy, um, it's basically also launched kind of the world's largest carbon trading market um, last year. So within the carbon trading market that's been launched, um, it's limited, currently limited to energy companies, but the plan is to also include like other polluting industries such as steel, cement, chemicals, and aviation. Um, Hong Kong is uniquely placed to play a strategic role um, to accessing this carbon markets because it is the gateway to mainland China and uh, with its proximity um, and access to global investors and also being the largest offshore R&B center. It is really well placed for being um, to having a voluntary carbon trading uh, markets platform both regionally um, in the Greater Bay Area and also globally. And so that's why there is a lot of excitement here because uh, you know, we are at the doorstep of you know, the world's largest uh, carbon trading market. Um, in terms of the studies that have been done so far, the cross-agency steering group um, conducted um, a feasibility study on developing Hong Kong as a regional carbon trading center. And this was really completed at the end of this year and they will continue to explore how Hong Kong can develop um, a carbon market and be um, and be connected into the Greater Bay Area and placing kind of like significant emphasis on ensuring standards, regulations are in place for an orderly market to operate. Because I think what we need to be mindful of is if we rush in and set up a, a carbon trading platform without giving uh, due consideration to harmonization of standards and regulations across China, Hong Kong and the rest of the world, um, we could have major exposure to um, poor market practices. Um, the other developments that have been going on um, alongside this feasibility study is um, by the Hong Kong Exchange, where they recently um, signed an agreement with Guangzhou in August to explore the development of a carbon emissions futures products. And this will provide a hedging tool for mainland investors and allow international markets in Hong Kong. So, you know, with that um, together in hand with the carbon trading market feasibility study, you know, there's still a lot more work to be done in kind of laying the, the right foundations um, in place. But, you know, it's definitely moving um, in the right direction. Um, and we hope to, you know, have more to update, you know, listeners and also uh, the market in the coming months. That's really interesting to hear your experiences uh, and the discussions that are taking place around the role of carbon pricing and carbon markets. That's something that we in Guernsey are also examining at the moment. We've also identified biodiversity and managing the energy transition as new sustainability themes that we're developing in Guernsey. Um, what are the core themes and ambitions of the Hong Kong Green Finance Association in supporting Hong Kong and firms based in the region after COP26, Jenny? Yeah, after uh, COP26 um, and after our annual forum, you know, we 
came together as um, a team with our executive committee and working group um, in and offsite at the end of the year. And for Hong Kong um, Green Finance Association, our mission still remains to continue to position Hong Kong you know, as a leading green and sustainable international financial center. Um, and second, to create pathways and roadmaps for Hong Kong to lead in adopting globally consistent, sustainable standards. And thirdly, to strengthen Hong Kong's role as a super connector from international markets into um, mainland China and around the region. And so with these three strategic um, missions, uh, we have aligned this to strategic initiatives to support it. So the first being common ground taxonomy. So as mentioned previously, the market is fragmented. Um, there's a huge global demand to improve the comparability, interoperability, and consistency of sustainable finance taxonomies. And Hong Kong is best placed to advance the harmonization of taxonomies by adopting this common ground taxonomy, which is jointly produced by the EU and China. By doing so, it can then package Chinese green assets based on this and sell them to the global markets and vice versa from the EU. So the Hong Kong Green Finance Association will be working with its members, private and public sector in Hong Kong and GBA to promote and raise awareness and to accelerate this um, adoption. The second um, area that we'll focus on is really developing education and capacity building programs on environmental social governance and sustainable finance. Um, in Hong Kong, there is a significant shortage of ESG knowledge and skills. And so rolling out um, programs to support this will be incredibly important to help address um, Hong Kong's needs. And we'll do this in partnership with academia and industry um, in, and we'll do this via continued support of sustainable finance events, uh, seminars, and webinars. And the third area is really to further enhance the Greater Bay um, Green Finance Alliance integration and collaboration in Shenzhen, Guangdong, Macau, and Hong Kong projects. So Hong Kong Green Finance Association, as a founding member of this alliance, will plan to increase engagement with um, the Greater Bay Area regulators and policymakers to identify opportunities to cooperate on green and sustainable finance focus area um, and having cover a mutual recognition of like Hong Kong's like uh, principles and framework. And we'll be looking to hold our um, Greater Bay Area Green Finance Alliance annual conference in Hong Kong, uh, combined with our annual Hong Kong Green Finance uh, conference um, in September uh, this year. So we're very excited to be able to uh, bring the two together um, in Hong Kong for the first time. That does sound exciting. It sounds like you have an awful lot on there at the moment. Um, you recently held the Hong Kong Green Finance Association annual forum. Um, one of the panels was on transition financing and product innovation. Can you tell us a bit more about Hong Kong's development in transition finance, Jenny? Yeah, the um, Hong Kong Green uh, Finance Association's uh, third annual forum was very much focused on, you know, financing uh, carbon neutrality in Asia and covered the actions that were needed to lead Asian countries to, carbon, to a carbon neutrality target. So at the event, we had over a thousand participants join us both physically and virtually, and it was really great to see kind of like the level of discussions between um, a lot of our industry expert speakers who are on the panel um, and also with many of the leaders um, in Hong Kong and around the region in the space. 
transition finance is definitely uh, one of the hot topics that's been debated, um, I think, over a number of years. Um, and because like financial institutions really need to address the, the transition and financing of industries from brown to green, which is particularly um, controversial, but also important in emerging market economies um, that's still very much dependent on fossil fuels. Um, and so with this, um, yeah, the transition finance you know, has a, a very uh, much a, a critical role. And you know, we need a roadmap with consistent standards, disclosures, and products to prevent greenwashing. So whilst it's, we see it's much more developed in Europe, um, in Asia, it, and it, particularly in Hong Kong, transition finance is still very nascent. And I think one of the, the reasons being is because of the lack of clarity in terms of the definitions of transition finance and the harmonization of the taxonomies. Also the experience of uh, practitioners and being the corporates and also in and within the financial industry and a general agreement on how about the standards and frameworks um, that are accepted by investors. So what we've seen in Hong Kong um, in this year, uh, last year, we saw an emergence of um, activity. Bank of China issued the first ICMA handbook-linked transition bond, and DBS also issued a transition bond based on its own transition framework. So there still needs to be um, more education uh, within the industry if we're going to accelerate this flow of capital to transition high carbon emitting segments of the economy to meet Hong Kong's 2050 carbon neutrality goals. Um, and one of the things that we'll look to do is to this year work with local corporates and issuers to really raise the awareness of the different types of financial pathways that are out there, the global standards that are readily available, for example, uh, from the Climate Bonds um, Initiative, ICMA, uh, work with a lot of the experienced service providers um, and identify an agreeable framework that really satisfies institutional investors' demand, but tailoring it to um, the Hong Kong um, uh, assets at class and also reaching and building that out into the Greater Bay Area. Um, one of the research that we have done uh, a, a year ago was on climate finance transition pathways um, that highlights these principles, standards and frameworks. And this will be you know, a good reference and starting point for companies that we'll look to uh, use as we kind of go into this year and really um, raising kind of that awareness around transition finance to help accelerate um, a lot of these um, hard-to-bait industries to transition to net zero. That sounds like an enormously important piece of work. The United Nations Financial Centres for Sustainability, uh, which Guernsey and Hong Kong are both members of, have highlighted that upskilling and education on green and sustainable finance is a priority. Jenny, what are your experiences in upskilling and education and how can we develop those practical sustainability skills within the finance community? Uh, we have been, um, since launch, um, really focused on um, part of our program is educating um, and capacity building. So that's really been a key focus for us um, across our eight working groups. And you know, we've worked extensively in the past year in also promoting green finance principles and best practices um, to enhance you know, Hong Kong's um, position and also its talent. And you know, as one of the most dynamic green finance associations in the region, 
we were involved in over 60 sustainable industry capacity building events this year, which was up, what, the, the, I mean, in 2021, which was up 100% from the previous year to really address the environmental, social, and governance talent gap needs in Hong Kong. Um, in addition to working with um, the industry and the corporates, you know, we continue to work very closely with the government, the policymakers, and regulatory bodies and the private sector in really um, engaging them in terms of the understanding of the new developments and standards that you know we are also seeing working with associations like um, yourselves, with um, the COP26, with the Financial Centers for Sustainability, and really bringing those to Hong Kong from a thought leadership perspective. Um, for this year, again, we have um, a lot of uh, initiatives and uh, you know big goals and aspirations and ambitions. So we are also planning on launching um, a Hong Kong Green Finance Association training program in partnership with um, academic institutions in the coming months to really help upskill and train the corporates, the local SMEs and financial professionals in Hong Kong. And also looking at how we can really tap into um, the youth as well to bring have the youth up the curve through a sustainable talent program. So, you know, this will be the first holistic, comprehensive, like fast tracking of green and sustainable uh, training that will be targeted very much at the financial professionals. So again, lots to do. So uh, watch the space and we look forward to giving you um, an update on this the next time we speak. Oh, definitely. I very much look forward to hearing about it. Um, unfortunately, that's all that we have time for today, but I'd like to uh, say thank you to my guest, Jenny Lee, for her time and insights. Jenny, I particularly enjoyed hearing your thoughts about carbon markets and the role that they've got to play in the global transition um, process and also the development of those climate transition pathways that you mentioned. I'd like to also thank you for listening. And if you'd like to know more, we have quite a back catalogue of interviews and panel discussions on the Guernsey Green Finance podcast channel. You can check them out by searching for Guernsey Green Finance wherever you get your podcasts. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave us a review or a comment. We love receiving your feedback. You can also find us at guernseygreenfinance.org and we are guernsey.com. You can interact with us on Twitter at GSY Green Finance and at We Are Guernsey. You can hear more relating to news and developments coming out of Guernsey's finance industry. You can check out the We Are Guernsey podcast on your preferred platform. And we also have links to Jenny and the Hong Kong Green Finance Association's social media in our show notes. So check those out to hear more from them. And we'll be back soon with another edition of the Guernsey Green Finance podcast.